Welcome to the dive. How are you? Welcome back. Very good, mate. How are you? Good, thank you, Mr. Smith. Interesting round of football as the buy rounds tend to dish up every year. Interesting is um, one way to put it. it had yeah, some pretty... I'm being nice to start the mm. episode off. Some very uh, lackluster football, but we'll, we'll push through. Some very interesting results out of it, though. So we've got seven games. There was four teams that had the buy. Quick shout-out to our mates at Hopster Home before we get into the round. So Hopster Home is a craft beer delivery service. If you haven't heard of Hopster Home, check them out at hopsterhome.com.au. So what they do is they curate craft beers. So they buy a whole bunch of IPAs and parallels and box them all out together. And you sign up to a, a subscription. So they've got sort of different months. Comes out, different styles. See small breweries, big breweries. It's worth Interstate it. breweries. Very, very good interstate. So this, this month we got... So New England... IPAs, so exactly. they tend to be a little bit more rounded and a bit juicier on the palate compared to American West Coast IPAs, yeah. um, which tend to be really hoppy. And so we got a whole bunch of different ones. So yeah, definitely check these guys out. They're great sponsors of ours, and uh, we really, really um, appreciate their, yeah. their support. Yeah, and if you're a first-time listener, I'm Smitty, and this is my mate. I'm Trent, and on top of that, you get a $25 discount on your first pack. So AFL Deep Dive, if you put that into the promo code on hopstahome.com.au, you get the discount. So definitely check that out. Get some quality craft beer. Craft beer. Let's do it. So let's get into the games. Friday, 8th of June, Port and Richmond. Port won, 72-58. Port by 14 points. In what was probably... An upset in many ways, even yeah, though it I was mean, Adelaide, Port had been playing some okay football. You, I think a lot of people just expected the Tigers to go over there and do what they've done for the last sort of few rounds and get the job done. But they came up against a pretty determined and well-drilled Port Adelaide, which is, I think, what most people are going, why haven't they been playing like this? Or you so far. Yeah, I mean, you know, we saw a better result from them, especially late in the game compared to the Hawthorne game. They, they, yeah. the, in the prior week, they were much more on. I mean, overall, you know, there's, there's sort of two angles in it. You know, Port, we've rated them. We think they're a good side. They've obviously had a couple of bad results. They've had some amazing results as well. They went, you know, over to Sydney and beat them at home. They've done some very good things this year. Yeah. But um, they've been a little lacklustre at times. And I think it's, for me with Port, they're very much a team that's, figuring out where all their pieces work. And I think because they've had a number of new things come in, I just think they're still trying to figure out what's best and where and how and why. Yeah, and I reckon it's probably another month before they really figure out Possibly, what's going yeah. on. And, and look, don't, don't get me wrong, it was a good win, but they've still got some worrying concerns. They didn't kick a goal in the last quarter. So they went yeah. goalless, they kicked five behind, so they could have easily lost that's that game. That's the thing, yeah. So they, won, so they won the game, obviously, and that's great, but you know, there are a lot of elements to this game. We'll probably go into this game a little bit further than we might normally um, do, mainly because there's a few other games where there's almost nothing to take out of it. Yeah, and we're talking about two teams that really should be shaping the finals It's to some degree, whereas some of the other games, we can't see the Suns playing finals, so that game was... Well, it's almost getting to the point where it's mathematically impossible now. Yeah. So I think that's the thing. We are actually starting to get towards territory of it's, it's getting very close to it being physically impossible for, for some teams, teams, regardless of what you think. Yeah, like even if they say, oh, if they win eight straight, well, yeah, the chances of them winning eight straight are so low, remote. But, it's but not it, it, it is getting to the point where the numbers just don't add up. So. No, exactly. But in terms of this game, so we'll, as we normally do, we'll, we'll start with the winner. Um, you know, Port Adelaide, 
were, were very good. You know, obviously, they, they struggled a little bit towards the end. You know, they, Yes, they didn't score, but I thought a lot of what they did around the ground was quite good. So three-quarter time, they were 10-7, and they finished with 10-12. So they were a little bit inaccurate towards the end, which, which didn't help. No. But they did, I think, perform relatively well. In that last quarter, they were more clutch, so to speak, compared to the prior week. Defensively, they, they were weren't very amazing, good. but they were better. Yeah, they could have been, but yeah, it's worrying in the sense that if they can't put teams away on the scoreboard, come the pointier end of the season, will that make the difference between them a playing finals yeah. at all? If they especially come up against your Adelaide, your West Coast, and things like that, who will we just be? Pretty ruthless. Ruthless. Well, if maybe they not see Adelaide, it. but yeah. Well, yeah, Adelaide. Yeah, we'll get to them in a minute. We'll get to them. <laughs> but yeah, the the other thing that that helped too was I think there was a number of Ports players that have been a little bit further down more recently that peaked during this game as well. I thought probably Wingard's best game of the year, oh, certainly for, for for quite a while. Um, you know, thirty-one disposals, fourteen kicks, seventeen handballs. Like he was really good. Eight tackles as well. Ollie Wines was a, a beast. Uh, that was probably his best game this year, or certainly again for quite some time. You know, twelve tackles, twenty-nine disposals. Like that's the thing. So that Pollock was excellent too. Pal Pepper had a really mm. solid game. Thought Rockliffe competed. He was a bit better. He's clearly still struggling, either you know with injury and or form, but he was better. Um, so yeah, look, there was there was a lot of positive signs, and it came together. You know, at, at a time that that worked for them, and for me, they, they look good. I think Port are a, a lower eight side. I yeah. think that they're a side that I think will almost guarantee to be, in my mind, finish somewhere between ten and six. I, I think they might just miss out, but I think there's a big chance they could get you know in and around sort of eight, seventh, six position. Yeah. I don't. I absolutely don't see them getting top four. The advantage, for, yeah. For the me. advantage of them is <clears throat> a the number of games games they get at Adelaide still, and I think they've got a fairly um, easy draw in the second half. So they do. I'd, I'd be surprised. I, I, I tend to lean the same way. I, I don't expect them to miss finals, but my preseason prediction of them finishing top is pretty much shot. I don't think they're going to be top four even either. Well, we're round 12 now, so it is starting to get to the point where top four it would be quite difficult for them. So they're sitting on seven wins at the end of this round. So, yeah, I mean, they would really have to string a solid eight or nine wins at least from here yeah. to make a genuine top four. Because you really want to win at least sort of 17, 18 games in and around to basically guarantee you're going to make top yeah, four. Yeah, for sure. And I don't see that happening from here, even with the games they do have at home. No, yeah, like I said, without having looked at too much of the rest of their season, you would expect they'd probably got six or seven more wins to come. Yeah, if they play like this, like they did on the weekend. Yeah, I I think so. But yeah, for me, I think look, Port quality win, but at the same time, I don't think they shot the lights out. I think that's probably the best takeaway. Yeah, when it comes to port. They've got to win, as you said, like at least a few games in a row. Um, otherwise, they're going to be still having that label of the inconsistencies. If they come out this weekend or in the next game and don't perform or don't win, everyone's going to say, well, okay, well, they beat Richmond. Whoopie do. They come out and yeah. put in a, a, a poor effort on the following week. So, yeah, time will tell about Port. Um, so the other thing with them too is just very briefly, I know we generally do this in the preview, but Dogs D's. So the next um, month for Port is very soft. So it'll be very interesting to see. So next, uh, this coming week, they've got 
uh, the Dogs on Thursday night at home. Mm-hmm. So you'd think that's a very winnable game. Yep. They've got the Ds, which I'm not saying they're soft. That's a harder game. But that's but at home as well. But, which is at home. But then it gets much easier. Carlton. They've got Carlton at the G, um, who, you know, getting towards tank territory, you'd assume now. That's yeah. the thing, to be fair, you know, we're going to look at this realistically. And then they've got um, Secure at home as well, the which tank are tank. also in real tank territory too. So... Port, aside from that Melbourne game, and they got the Dockers after that. So yeah. they've actually got a fairly so good they run could be, home. They could be 5-1 and one over the next few they, weeks. They could be, but yeah. I'm not confident. Yeah, I, I wouldn't sport. be surprised, given <laughs> yeah. this year. Absolutely. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of those lower teams was just able to sneak a win. And they kind of went a, a bit sort of, you know, 60-40 as opposed to sort of 80-20. Well, know, that's it. Well, like so. Frio did on the weekend they, they show that they know how to win a game exactly yeah so um, you know look a few other things with Port I mean I thought Dixon was good uh, he, he started really well started really well he just he needs to get he owned Rance early yeah he needs to kick goals early that's obviously something um, like many big key forwards if they hit the scoreboard early they tend to then play really well for the rest of the game but he was better um, I think he's he going to get a lot, lot around the ground too which was good yeah he's going to get a lot of confidence from that game because he up until now he, he looked like a a fac- fraction of his well, potential of last few years. So we don't know. Obviously, maybe he's had injuries, and who kn- we're not really sure what the Tommy deal really is. But maybe, but maybe it's weighing him down. Maybe it's weighing him down. Yeah. <clears throat> Possibly, but the expectations of the beard are weighing on his mind. Well, doesn't Vloston? Speaking of beards, was I thought probably Richmond's best player or right up there top three. He was amazing on the ground. Yeah, it's probably the top three players of the whole game. It, I reckon he, behind Wingard and Wines, he was probably the third best player on the night. Yeah. So it, but yeah, Dixon. He still has only kicked the one goal. It's, this is a, a continuous issue with him. But look, you know, he at least competed a bit and did a bit more, and you know, wasn't kind of you know a, a, a sort of a liability. Which no, I, to be fair, uh, he has been in in games um, throughout this year. Motlop, I thought, had one of his better games as well. Obviously, very Motlop style, kind of you know, has a big sort of flash of brilliance set up and then kind of disappears mm. for a bit and then you know kind of lights it laser, up again yeah, and, laser tackle or kicks yeah. a freak goal or whatever he was good mm. um, but I thought Power Pepper was clearly right at the top uh, you made a really good comment so we watched this game together um, Polak I thought was a real barometer for that team yeah. when he's up and about he, he, something has got this kind of Barcel factor to him in terms of when he's around and, and playing well the team just seems to lift and he kind of reminds me not, not quite to the same echelon but he's a bit uh, Scott Pendlebury like as well He mm. when he's got the ball and he's thinking clearly he just seems to have so much more time to um, dispose of the ball it's like everyone else goes into slow-mo and he just dances his way around and but and he came back from a pretty um, poor first quarter too to have a really big influence in the last three quarters so yeah yeah he was good he was really good but they need them as we just discussed they need those players to continually play at this level and bring the younger players uh, to the fore and hopefully um, yeah, their forward line can do the rest. A couple of boards, kids as well. Before we move into Richmond, I thought Houston's game was good again as well. I think he's shown a bit. So eighty-one percent disposal yeah, really efficiency, uh, eleven disposals. Obviously not too many, but he did a little, little sort of different things around the ground, which was solid. Twenty-one years old, obviously, so quite a young guy. But he looks like he he could be a player. I thought Ryder was excellent. You know, he generally owned Nankervis through most of the game, especially late, and we'll, we'll get into why. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, for me, good win. I, w- I want to see them really put the foot down on a bunch of these teams that they've got coming up. Yeah. If they're able to beat the Ds, because yeah. I think that Ds game is going to be very interesting. Absolutely. I reckon it'll be, um, obviously, Watts against his old team. And, mm. yeah, who knows? It'll be very interesting, obviously. We'll um, find out more about Melbourne and where they are after yeah, what happened today. Follow and, up from today, yeah. correct. 
So we'll move into Richmond before we get into any of the stats. Yeah. Uh, so Richmond were actually leading at quarter time. So if you did miss this game, Richmond were in this game up to their ears. And at a couple of points, it looked like Port, even when they were up, there were a few moments where they kind of looked like nervous leaders in a way. It kind of it felt this momentum on a range of occasions where you kind of felt, hang on a second, something, this is on here. Something mm. is going to happen. So Richmond, 3-3 to Port's 2-2. And then Port came out and really performed in the second quarter, 9-5 to Richmond's 5-6. So really, you know, Richmond, the two goals, and, and you know, Port really stacked them on in the second. And then it kind of evened out a little bit more in the third, 10-7 to 7-8, so Port ahead. And then 10-12, so again, as you mentioned before, no goal, to 8-10. So Richmond, two behinds in the final quarter. So Yeah, it became quite a dour second half, especially yeah. the last quarter. I don't know whether it was fatigue, physical fatigue or mental fatigue from both sides. But it was definitely played between the arcs, and they just couldn't penetrate uh, each other's um, half-back lines. So. Yeah. Which, yeah, testament to Port. They could have obviously dropped the ball again like they did against Hawthorne and allowed a superior team, aka comparing Richmond and Hawthorne, Mm. um, to get over the top of them. But they didn't. And, um, again, Richmond probably just had one of those days where nothing went right for them. They can't be on song week in, week out. I don't think... No, Martin was the reason they didn't win, although not necessarily. But obviously he brings he's a, obviously yeah, class, uh, class five more percent, and they could easily sneak this game. Yeah, absolutely. I think, but they shouldn't be losing those games just because no. he's not there. Uh, they just yeah, went on and um, got rattled early. I think that's where Paul well, Port won it. Is that second in that quarter? Second quarter. Yeah, yeah. Just got well, that, that's the thing. They they pounded it on a bit too much, and I think they still, even though you know, from the second quarter to the final score, 9-5, and then final score, 10-12. So pretty inaccurate there, and with only the one goal after second quarter. Yeah. But, yeah, Richmond absolutely could have won this game. For me, I really draw... and Look, there's two aspects to this. I draw a lot of parallels with this game to the Adelaide game, and the irony is it's at the same ground against the other Adelaide side. They lost... Richmond lost that game. They were in the game through a lot of it. I think Richmond were more in this game for longer, but they were still, for a good sort of 80% of that Adelaide Crows game, they were still in that game. In this game, I thought they were probably 85 90% in this game. I think they were... You know, they had a lot of chances... But it, it is a little bit of a concern that Richmond... Are con- so they haven't won away Play, yeah. so far this year. And that is a concern. So three losses. They played Adelaide, Port and West Coast Eagles. So, the, But that said, the, and this is the, the constant thing with Richmond, is they've got so many games at the G and they haven't lost at the G for, you know, ages. Forever. Forever. So but that's the thing. They yeah. still need to finish top two because if they Otherwise have to play exactly. prelim interstate... It's that's... a concern, without a doubt. So they're gonna, and clearly the you know the, the coaching staff and, and, and they'll know like mm. this is this is a clear issue. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if uh, <clears throat> the two interstate teams that are pushing at the moment being West Coast and Sydney, you wouldn't want to go there for prelim either of those grounds if you're no. Richmond. Yeah, and the other thing, or to any me, team for that matter. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, there's, there's a few elements to this too. So the, we said on the preview that, and everyone really said that this was going to be a very wet game. Now it was effectively dry. There was barely any rain throughout the game. I don't think there was actually any. There might it have been some like very mild drizzle, yeah, if anything. Dewy. But I don't think teams realise how fast Adelaide Oval drains. I don't think mm. they realise how quickly it will drain. So where I'm going with this is I kind of question the ins a little bit. I'm still not sure how Conker is in the best 22. You know, you look at the VFL results, Rioli had a blinder. He was fantastic. So did Shea Bolton. And then, yeah, Shea Bolton had an obscene day out. So I wonder whether 
it might have been better to have played one of those guys, given how dry it actually was. Yeah, that pace from Yoli would have been yeah. excellent, especially minus a fit um, Dusty. So I don't know. Like, you got to question that a little bit. And then the other big thing that was very strange and really affected Richmond in the end. And I, I'm, I'm, there's got to be an inside story to this because it, it does, it just simply doesn't add up. And Hardwick's clearly a good coach. You don't win a flag. You know, you don't, you, don't, you know, just fluke one. No. Is So towards the back end of the game, if you didn't see it, so for the, there was a section of about five, six minutes where... So Nankervis was being owned, really, by Ryder. Yeah, right. And I don't, I, don't, I don't know... There were a few moments where I think he was kind of internalising a little bit and struggling around it. There was a, a point where Cochin and Caddy were rucking, rucking yeah. against Ryder. Yeah, Nankervis and then Nankervis. So I wrote like this in my notes. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. What, we haven't watched any of the football shows, and I, I would imagine they'll focus on something like this. But, you know, so he, he's, he wasn't a forward target on the night. He was okay early, but, it, I mean, that to me seemed very strange. I don't know whether Nankervis had... had Physically had yeah, some issues, and they thought, "Well, hang on, maybe we put him forward and just roll the dice and, and hope yeah, that wow. the delivery is good enough." So it was very that to me was really, especially when Caddy's been dominating offensively. Yeah, my, and I mean that was his first quiet game in and a he long wasn't, exactly, time. Exactly, yeah, so. he wasn't great, but. I don't um, know. That was strange. It's strange. Me. So being a Richmond supporter, do you, what's the backup? Is there a backup rock solution? In no, case? not really. Well, I mean, I said before the, the trade period last year, I hope we can go after some rucks and there wasn't really too much in and around available. Yeah. Geelong and Richmond both are in need of a quality ruck. So that'll be very interesting to see how the, the, the year pans out. Mm. There actually aren't that many on the market. So it's an interesting situation. I heard a rumour, and I don't know whether this is true, but I heard a rumour that Goldstein was approached by Richmond, who did apparently have the cap space to try to sneak him in there. Because I think they thought, well, what what if he goes down? You know, so anyway. and then all the massage people went, oh, we'll leave if you bring him in. Possibly. The other thing as well is that, um, you know, Sinclair is even an example of this at, at um, Sydney. If he goes down, Sydney are in trouble to a degree as well. Absolutely. So I think there's a few different... I mean, not, not everyone can have multiple Ruckmans, but the, the good thing... You want with, to have at least some type of backup, wouldn't correct. you? Correct. Yeah. Well, we've got a few different things. We'll talk about that a little bit in the preview. But I think the thing with Nankervis, the, the upside with him is that he's young. So I don't know. People seem to think Nankervis is old. He's 23. Yeah. He's not old. He's, he's got old. ages He, he to looks go. old, but he he's might, not. He might have, maybe he's got an old face or something. I don't know. Mm. But he's actually not that old. So that's upside with yeah. him is that he'll get over these, you know, whatever issues he may or may not have had. It does seem extremely strange. So I just wanted to go on and look at that a little bit because it seemed very odd as a game plan at the back end of the game why you would put Nankovas forward and Caddy... And, you know, why, and if the they're the going to do, do that, yeah, why didn't Greg go into the rack like he's done before? Well, I think he had a couple of issues through through the game as well. So look, yeah, well, he had a little word with <coughs> Razor. Razor, Razor had a way, so, so that might have put him off his game. Possibly that was, uh, yeah. Ray loves to be part of the whole. Um, he likes getting his mug on TV. Let's well, be honest. He thinks he's, he's the star. To, yeah. Well, I think he's trying for a Channel Seven commentary Maybe. position uh, or something on the AFL board or something. You know? well, certainly don't say that in the NBA. Like the, the the players will tell him to get stuffed if they spoke like that. But anyway, um, yeah, look, I think Richmond's game style was fine through most of it. But yeah, I mean, there was a few positional issues, I thought. They used the ground relatively well. Like, they seemed like they were switching okay. Like, it wasn't like there was any kind of obvious deficiencies. I just feel that, you know, Richmond were lacking a couple of pillars. And having to play caddy on ball through sections of the game because of, you know, the no Martin factor did impact it. I I get that argument. 
But I think the Nankervis thing probably yeah. impacted it. And maybe well. Hardwick did that really just to get some Don't time into, yeah, him, uh, to, into the um, legs of Caddy, just in case they do need him to go in there and put Martin forward. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, they, they have been doing that, though. Yeah. So he kicked six against um, Brisbane. Well, that's true. So they have ago. done that a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, look, generally speaking, I thought it was a good game. But, yeah, it, it, it sort of felt that, I think, also towards the end, I think Richmond thought, look, you know, long season, we've won enough games. I think it's it's getting to the point now where we probably put the cue in the rack and and, and not sort of go too hard. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I agree. <coughs> they they know what's important from here on end, so they may have just possibly Cochin yeah. and fought to the end, and I he thought, was really good. He yeah. was still really good. So I don't think he knows any other way though. No, he, he was fantastic. But yeah, look, we'll go into a bit of the stats as well. Probably not too heavily, but I mean, you look at a few of them and they are a bit glaring. You know, contested possessions, 187 to 153. So, you know, when Martin's up and about and that contested ball, mm. you know, that, that you know impacts the numbers there for sure. So, yeah, uncontested as well, 206 to 159. Mark's inside 50, 8 all. So, it, in a lot of elements, the game was not, not that, um, you know, far apart. But, yeah. So, anyway, I think, look, for both teams, Port probably picked up a couple of lessons out of it, playing a really quality opposition and, you know, Richmond, they'll learn from this, but they, they need to get better at playing on the road, without a doubt. And I thought they approached the game really well. They started very well. They were up at three quarter, quarter time. Quarter time yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, and as you said, like, Vlaston was having a real good game. Miles was d- doing really well. He was a, he uh, was a number decent of players in, that yeah. were doing quite cool, but um, Shane Edwards started to look like he was going to play another back-to-back wind-up, yeah. then he sort of went out of the game in the second half. Still kicked two goals, but probably uh, needed to get his hands on the ball a little bit more. So, yeah, look, I mean, as, how how, hot, how long can they be up for? Uh, that's the thing. There's it's always true. going to be little... But they keep being and... down for away games, and that, that is a little bit of a concern. Because yeah. as you say, if they finish... Fifth or fourth or something in and around there, then it could become yeah. Bit, <laughs> That's when it starts to get done. And what if they have to play a West Coast who might you know might finish top of the ladder? That's not an ideal situation at all. First no. final having to go away to to WA. So and I think they've only got a couple of opportunities to win away. So they got spotless in about a month. Um, yeah, they don't. That's the thing. They actually don't play away that much. So it, it's and even the air away games are at the MCG to another team. Yeah, um, <laughs> like I mean the Suns of Metricon. Really, the AFL obviously wants them to go back to back. Yeah, that's for the, sure. su- the Suns of Metricon. I mean, that's not even a that's challenge. That's a joke. Game, yeah, yeah. So, but that is it. They're the only two games they've got to travel to. For the Do you have any more you wanted to go through with this game? I don't no, think there's too I much. Think- Again, so you didn't. We don't really learn too much about either of these teams until the next few weeks. So I mean, if Richmond bounce back and they win four on the trot, you go, okay, this was a little outlier. Yep, they stuffed up. Yeah. And if, but more importantly, if Port win four or five for their next six, you sit there and go, well, it wasn't that Richmond were having an off game. Port are They're actually a, good side. a very good side. Yeah. So, so it's well, just taking them a while to a little while to get into gear, and that's and that's the thing. It can take time. Yeah. You know, and that's it. Three new players. Three or four went out. Well, that's why I had yeah. them low in my. I, I know I, I get your yeah, argument I know why. why you had them high, but I had them low in not low overall, but low in the eight. I had them in the eight, hmm. but I had them low in the eight because I just thought it would take time for it all like to gel. Same as Essendon, they're taking a while to gel as well. And obviously, we'll speak to them about them very soon. So we'll keep moving, but um, yeah, quality yeah, game it was a good, it was a good game to watch at least mm. on a Friday night. It's been a while since we've had a good Friday night game. That's it. So Richmond now nine wins um, heading into into next week. So yeah, look, they're they're clearly still 
still right at the top of the tree. Mm. And with you know, as with what we've talked about, very there, healthy percentage, very healthy percentage. And then you know, Port's percentage not not as good, but you know, against some of those dud teams, they're going to probably boost. Yeah, you would say that get up to weeks. around one twenty, one thirty over the next few weeks. You would think so. So next game into the Saturday, Geelong beat North Melbourne ninety six to fifty nine. Geelong by thirty seven points at GMHBA Stadium. AKA AKA Grievous Polyhelm the, the, the Gazatron Gazatron so this, he stuck it right up him again Gaz did and Chris Scott continues his winning record against Brad Scott yeah. uh, it was actually one of the reasons why I went with Geelong we started to run out of time towards the back end of that previous episode but I don't know why I just sort of thought you know what I think that actually does play a factor into this. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know they, they play it way down. Of course like, they do. Well, all the press that they were doing, they, I don't think they like attention. Can imagine what, love to see what their text message between each other are like between yeah. the game. But Be a couple of swear words, I mm, imagine. You but, think look, so? So Geelong in front all day. So there was yeah, you no, got a little bit of a scare in the third quarter, wasn't Very it? brief, but it never really felt really. too legitimate. I, so 4-4... Four, four, one six at the end of the first, then six seven two six. So fair control, and then as you say, a little bit of a scare. Nine eight to six eight. Some of those um, Geelong um, points could have been converted for sure. Sure. Yep. And then fourteen twelve eight eleven. So yeah, and then they just yeah went on with it and quite a handsome uh, win in the end. Six, yeah. six odd goals. So, so we'll, we'll start with the Cats. Obviously, Ablett had a blinder. You know, one goal, one thirty fours. Wild, you know, eight yeah. eight tackles. He's he looks excellent. You yeah. know, Hawkins three Cuddy's one was best solid. Game of the year, yeah, without a doubt, I would yeah. say that's Dangerfield's best game. Yeah, oh. for the year, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, uh, Duncan, I thought was solid as well. Stewart again, just you know, it's one of the better spread. defenders around. He's got an injury, which we'll talk about in the preview. Yeah. So yeah, Menegola as well is chipping in. Kelly, I mean, it, this defense to still be so high in the league for. You know, defense is is amazing. Given there's no Taylor still, really, he's, he was in yeah, no no, no, Henderson. no Henderson. So Flixars keeps Brands and Scott This was my next point. So yeah. so that was fantastic. So to keep you know a quality player like Ben Brown goalless, I thought was probably one of the highlights of the yeah. match. So. And they had eleven score goal kickers, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Well, Geelong had that spread, and when they're all on, they they look good. So yeah. Tui, I thought was excellent too. You know that it'll it'll be really good once they get um, Scott Selwood back. That, that's the thing, Geelong. I think there's a quite a lot of we've spoken about this. There's quite a lot of upside with Geelong. They've got some serious ins to come back. Oh, absolutely. Um, and their VFL obliterated as well. So the the VFL results what are hysterical. So they got hundred million points. So and that you know so Guthrie looks really good. Like a bunch of them look like they're going to come back in and dominate. So Guthrie. that's the thing. They've actually got have Guthrie. Yeah. Exactly. They've actually got a lot of people seem to have forgotten this with the Cavs. They've actually got a lot of. Quality, depth in their lists. Yeah. So, what did you think of this game? I, 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 I actually, thought it was a bit lackluster. Yeah, I didn't. I heard more of it on the radio. I was, okay. I, I was driving a little bit around on on the Saturdays, so I didn't get to see any of the the footage. And it just sounded like North just didn't turn up like they have in previous weeks. It so, no. are we now about to see what a lot of people have thought about North Melbourne that they can't continue their this big pace, pace yeah. yet? Because um, it's a young team. Are they going to get it's, tired in the second half? I don't know year, what it was. I, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I was confident. I don't know why. That I was very confident. Would, with we both would, yeah. would win this game. And I think it was just that there is going to be a dip at some point. North have been really up. There's going to have to be a dip at some point. So this is when it came. And, you know, it was really quality spread from, from Geelong. You know, they played mm-hmm. that ground so well. They do the very, you know, classic Cats thing of, you know, forcing you to go long. And, you know, with such a skinny ground, it just makes it tougher and tougher. So they 
they used yeah. all the old tricks and absolutely and it, the, it all works and so. the, 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 the four prong midfield Ablett, Selwood, Duncan, Danger we know how prolific they are getting the ball but they also were the four leading tacklers mm. for, for Geelong on the day as well so they apply so much pressure on on the opposition and, and then get their own ball. So, yeah, they're starting to really gel now, that, that midfield. And like you said, they get Guthrie back or, and Scott Selwood. That just adds more pressure on each of their mm. players to, to stay in there, which is only a good thing. And then, obviously, Harry Taylor and Henderson, if they can come back, then, wow, Blixars could play anywhere. Possibly, yeah. And, yeah, they look they look really good for the second half of the year now, Geelong. And their, their VFL side, as we said before, you know, did, did very well. Yeah. So that, they've got, you know, Buzzer came in and didn't really have too much of an impact, but they've got so much that can come in and, and fix it. So they went with Stanley as their ruck, which was fine. I mean, I, I think he seems to be the, the preferred, but, you know, even though, you know, Goldstein's a really quality ruckman, it, it, it just, you know, wasn't wasn't his day. I don't think he was he was good, but he wasn't wasn't fantastic, yeah. that's for sure. Didn't, dom- didn't dominate no. like he, he can and has the ability to, like you would expect being a better Ruckman on paper than Stanley and definitely bigger than him. Yeah. I mean, look, Sean Higgins was really good, I thought, as well. Zeeble cut his legs on the LED sign, so another just extremely poor management, I think. Yeah, see LEDs. Well, with all these LED signs that that people keep cutting themselves on, you wouldn't... You know, is this a professional organisation or is is this some sort of a joke? Like, I love Scotty's presso. It's like, they'd get fined for doing something stupid. Um, But he's right. He's right, yeah. Mm. I thought it was a funny comment. He loves getting into the... Well, I thought it was very funny. (laughs) Well, why not? Have a drive-by while you can get away with it. Yeah, exactly right. Um, Yeah, look, good game. I'm sure that's what he's talking about to Gil right now. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't be, I don't think you'd be able to get a coffee with him like Clarko, but anyway. <laughs> so Geelong, you know, next week going into Richmond, they'll, they'll be pretty confident coming out of this game. And look, North, the, the, the benefit of North now is they've got the bye next week. So I, I think they're going to come back and probably be a bit better. Yeah. Would you think the same thing? Or do you think this is going to be a real get from North now? No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting off the bandwagon. I think they're, they're a legit finals yeah. team. They just... But they, they will drop polished. some games away. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have the, a second half like they have in the first half. Mm. I think much more even spread. They might go six and four for the last ten games, mm. something like that. Um, I don't know. I'll have, I'd have to look at their their fixture, but I think their fixture is sort of, quite favourable. I think they'll end up that because they six, didn't finish seven, high, six, seven, eight. Yeah, and the thing too is, I don't. I, firstly, I don't think it's going to be like North a few years ago where they won eleven games in the first half of the year and then bombed in the second half. I, I don't think that's at all what's going on. No. So don't don't read too much into this game. I, I just don't think they they were up for it and the Cats outplayed them and jumped them. And, it, you know, they, they and just, it's a hard place to, space to, to win. Get back. It, it is, and that's the thing. You know, really outside of Sydney, there's not many clubs that have had too much success down there. No, not at all. It's um, mm. it's tough to win down there. So, but um, yeah, probably not too much more we can go into this game. Um, uh, you know, Ben Brown will be back. You know, I'm not too worried about some of that stuff. Contested possessions, one forty six to one forty. But it's you know, it's the classic thing. It's it's all down to efficiency. You know, two seventy seven to two hundred two, uncontested. Marks inside 50, you know, Geelong, one in the centre, generally speaking, and Marks inside 50, 15 to 7. So that, that clearly reflects it. Um, you know, Geelong, 27 clearances to North's 36, but they just did so much more with it when they got it. So, yeah, absolutely. And, 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 yeah, look, North, I thought... It was good that they didn't go to bed. That was great. It wasn't like they, they thought after half time, oh no, here we go, we're we're out here, we better go to bed and put the cue in the rack. They yeah. as you say, they did push a little bit in the third, but it never really looked like they were gonna legitimately no. you know, So I just had a quick 
quick scout of um, the remainder of the year for North and <coughs> no guarantees. They've got some big, big challenges, but also a lot of very winnable games. So you would think with seven wins now, they would have to win seven more to guarantee. Mm. But six probably should see them come through into the final mix. Yeah. I mean, so I think the, the big thing I think Brad Scott will probably take out of this game is that firstly, you know, they need to finish a bit better. I think, you know, that while that third quarter was quality you know five unanswered goals is not ideal no so, so there's a few little things like that but look they're a young side and we both think they're uh sort of you know eight to six type team yeah i can't see them maybe being... slip out but they you know uh, even if they finish ninth that's a win this oh, year oh absolutely by a long yeah, way. yeah they'll be disappointed because of the start they without had. a doubt but, but if they were going to be legit top four they would have had to have won on the weekend hmm just, Cunning, to, Cunning, just to give him some breathing space. Yeah, no, no, no exactly. Sorry, um, Cunnington as well. I thought was fantastic too. So he's just sort of going oh. about his business, and you, you just don't hear anything about Cunnington at all. But no. I thought he was excellent. Yeah, he's just a workhorse for them. Yeah, without a doubt. So we'll probably keep moving. Um, there's a few more talking points out of so the Aaron Black injury, a few other little bits and pieces, but we'll cover that off in the preview. Um, but yeah, look, Ablett looks like he's going to have some dominating games from time to time. I, I don't think this means now he's going to win the Brownlow from here, but he, I think he's going to have some wild games here and there. Yeah, I think so too. If the, if the rest of that midfield continue to do what they've done over the last two, three mm. weeks, then that just frees him up. He doesn't have to be right in the guts to, to win the hardball and, and release other players. He can be that release player. And he's lost a little bit of pace on him, but mm. he's so good at positioning himself still that he just knows where to go. He reads the play extremely well. And um, and if he's not winning the ball, he'll just tackle like a like a liver. That's it. Yeah, what, no, what, he's a very good player. Without a doubt. One other point I thought as well in watching this game, I thought the entries going inside 50, and this is what pressure does, but I think a lot of the entries from North going in inside their 50 was a little bit predictable at times. I think Geelong picked up on that and really started to get a read of it, and your Stewarts and people like that started to really get uh, enough of an idea of where the ball was going to go half the time. Yep. So if you, it's not, this doesn't really work so much. We don't generally look at this so much because it just doesn't work for audio. But if you have a look at the the shots on goal by Geelong and North, the entries from Geelong, were, there was a lot of variety. Mm. So you know, and they know the ground obviously very well. Corridor, you know, so many different you know spots, and 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 you know the the the, the positioning was was much. It just had so much more variety. There's no other way to kind of look at it. Whereas North was a little bit more predictable, which just made it much yeah difficult for them to kind and, of... And any of the te- any teams who have watched how well, Brown leads, if they've got a very drilled, very well drilled, very structured back six, yeah. you can cut off that right. because he he leads in the same pattern all the time. Mm. Um, he's very he's one of the straightest uh, full forwards in the comp. And commentators have said this even last year. So if you've got a, a team of six in the back half or even seven, you can cut off those deliveries to Brown quick, pretty quickly. And then if weight's not there, that's when they can get exposed in their forward half. Is if one's being cut off and the other's not not there or having a down game. Yeah, I exactly. Think Siebel is very good, but obviously he's going to be playing between the midfield and forward line. He couldn't expect Siebel to, to win it off his own boot, although very capable not putting him down. I think he's no. a superstar. But to win a game uh, by kicking six or seven goals is probably not not sure that's uh, right up his alley. No. Uh, no. Another point, you know, doesn't 
you don't sort of see this too high in the stats, and you might not see it mentioned so much. But you know, to highlight our point, you know, Colin Jasny nine marks in the in the back fifty. Mm. So <laughs> that's a lot for it. The, they the dominate defender the to take. So that's probably one of the key. If um, you look at the stats, marks, they've, they've almost d- doubled them. Exactly. So, so. It, it's um, that's something to sort of look a little bit deeper into, and it does reveal. Um, but see, that's something for North, I think, to work on. Just kind of getting a little bit more variety and and um, and going from there. So yeah. look, yeah, not I don't think too much to, to worry about um, they're a good side and, and, and they're growing and, and you know once they get weight back as well that's going to help I think that, that would have really potentially made a bit of a difference having him there on the day oh, as yeah. well so. it stretches Geelong or we'll stretch any team when they're both Brown and Wade are playing together and, so yeah, they're going to kick you know, 7 or 8 9, 10 between the two of them that makes yeah, it real absolutely hard absolutely it does so, but yeah, look, look, it was it was yeah, an entertaining not, enough well, game, because it's Geelong. You know, they they did what they had to do. I mean, North, we're, we're in it for for a bit, but I don't think there's probably too much to take away out of this. This is about where we thought the teams were at. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had no expectations of North being I think able we to said win by down about there. thirty forty points, yeah. and it was thirty seven points. So, so yeah, and, and they'll be better for it, but yeah. North are a better team at Eddie Adam in the G, that's for sure. So there was a, a practice game held at Spotless Stadium. GWS played some witches hats, 134 to 26. GWS by 108 points. They beat the hats by the witches hat. This was some the first thing I wrote in my notes. It was only one witches hat that got off the ground. That was one, a Ruckman. One hat. There was one a, hat. Look, there was the a rest couple, of them just stood yeah. there and watched. So the whole team, I'm going to give the Nahas medal to. The, basically the entire team. Joke. Um... I think this match was appalling. Do you have anything else to say or we can keep moving? They kicked one point in the last quarter. Mm. That was good. I thought Young was good. He can maybe hold his head high. That's about it. Yeah. Um, it's an embarrassing situation, isn't it? Look, it, it's very embarrassing. These two expansion teams, one came in before the other. And, and the one that's been there longer belted. have just been pantsed. So this was a, a, a literal joke of a match. If you didn't see this, this was an actual joke. So... Talking about a you, team you in go. the Giants Sorry. that two weeks ago got pantsed themselves. <coughs> and I know the Suns obviously no chop, but surely if you're an AFL team... You don't you lose don't, by that much. Not, no. not in that fashion. Oh, it's just deplorable. I mean, a lot of people are saying, oh, Giants are back and this is that no. stepping stone. I'm like, They played a practice game. Yeah, well, yeah. When we see them play another team, oh look, I think they're better for it. Yeah. Um, as far as finals Great go, but I've heard a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are saying, oh, they're probably top four now. I was like, oh, jeez, it's a bit, a bit How early. How rate these guys? They're a yeah. joke, right? The the division division two Eastern League footy teams could have beaten the Suns, I reckon. So let me reel off some numbers to you. So given this is such a bad match, I mean, you just got to look at some of the statistics. So guess how many marks inside 50 Gold Coast had for the whole match? How many? So GWS had 11? Zero. Zero. They had zero. And they had a dominant Ruckman because Lob went off pretty early. Mm, zero. So None. None. Wow. Um, Lynch has checked out and's obviously yeah. gone, as He's off. we've said. Yep. He's off. Um, so the last three games... The Gold Coast Suns have played. So in round nine against Port Adelaide, so just the final quarter scores. Final quarter against Port Adelaide, 0-0. Zero, zero. Mad. N- next, and then Geelong, one point. Mm. Mm. And then against GWS, one point. One point. Mm. So they're finishing... They're finishing with a wet sail. It's so wet, it's sinking the ship. Yeah, I think I mean, it's, it's become... They've all checked out. They're crap. Yeah, I think that it is an embarrassment to the league... 
and you know trying to build the game in Queensland and to have a team that is so subpar that it's not even funny to get beaten in every category I mean so contested 185 to 134 uncontested 272 to 140 marks 86 to 55 contested marks there we go that evened out at 9 uh, uncontested marks 77 to 46 77 far out so look the whole thing it was it was beyond embarrassing if it wasn't for the Giants inaccuracy in the first quarter so it was two goals six to one goal mm. the Suns were never in it no even on the score like, they were never in it anyway because they couldn't get their hands on the ball but just purely scoreboard they would have not been in it from the, the very start of the game and to kick four goals. I mean, isn't this is like the third or fourth game that they've only kicked four goals? Well, they've for the nearly, whole season. It's just so they've nearly lost by two hundred points in the last two weeks. Like it, it is getting ridiculous. Like how much longer can this continue? Throwing money in a fire pit. Like how much longer can this continue? I mean, so one hundred and eight points, and then last week was um, eighty five points. Like that. That is. It is getting ridiculous. Ridiculous. So another another one lowest. Um, score by any side. Um, it, they've they've all, they're breaking records that have been stood for hundreds of years. Like it is, it is getting absurd. They've lost eighteen quarters in a row. Like it, it is. <laughs> some of the numbers are starting to get absurd. So seven thousand one hundred and thirty-one people in the crowd, which I think is pretty piss poor. After the, obviously, you know, in reality sense, it's not a surprise. Wow. But after this many, you know, what are we? You know, we're you know. Getting towards a decade now, these two clubs being in the league, and it doesn't look remotely close no. to to making sense. Like it doesn't even look close. Yes. So, look, there's there's some massive concerns at that club. Um, you know, clearly Lynch is gone. Why would he stay? Why would he stay? You know, you were saying before about him turning around from from the market oh. talking um, before we recorded. But yeah, and what did you think t- of that? That was oh, I just he just checked out right there. He's like, eh. he doesn't care. Does he's, he's, not, give her a he's gone, and this is why which is not good. Draft would, which would be great, which is not good because just go. I don't. Yeah, but who? Who? I mean, obviously he's a talent, but to see that, that that's a worry. But that's so much for a no, while. That, well. I, I don't think he is. I'm talking... Everyone else thinks he's God's gift to the forward line, but I wouldn't be picking him if I was... Uh, I think he's still injured as well. Oh. I actually think... There must if be you're going to give that type of attitude on the football field, I wouldn't want you at my footy club. I'd be very, very concerned about that. I'd yeah. rather go after someone who is trying their guts off in the reserves. Well, but if I was Stuart Let's not talk about their reserves. They look like a bust. If I was Stuart Joe, well. I'd drop him. And I wouldn't well, play for the rest of the season. If he's, if he's leaving, I think the Lockie Henderson situation needs to happen and just not play him. Yep. If he's not if he's not going to compete and he's not interested, get stuff. Go. And this is why I think pack your bags now and get but, out. But this is why a mid-season draft makes sense. Absolutely. Why now do we have to wait weeks and weeks and weeks, the whole second half of the year basically, mm. for this to get resolved? He's clearly got uh, this would be so shocking if he turns around between now and the trade period and says, yeah, I'm going to stay at the Gold Coast. Well, the, that's not going to happen. So it, he's no. clearly gone. And it's not going to, they're not going to see an Ablett situation. No. Because they know what happened there. What's the point of holding on for another 12 months? Just a waste of money. Uh, and May's, May's out, but why the hell would he want to come back into this side? What a joke. Because he's been contract. But who knows? Yeah, who knows what's going on there? I dare say that uh, 
Stewie Jew. How does he have... keep his job? I know he hasn't been in it for very long. No, nah, but... he has to. He has to stay there. Well, I mean... Well, it's Alan... not him. It's not him. No. It's clearly how the players are just horrible. Yeah, I think, look, there's been some serious cultural issues at this yep. club and it's it's just affected it so heavily. And you look at Ablett just dominating down at the Cattery in the previous game and then these yep. kids look like an absolute joke. I mean... It, to me, really does affect his, you know, standing in the pantheon of the game. I think he went up there, and forget about money, but, you know, obviously massive cash. But even that aside, was he he wanted to be captain. The Cats wanted Selwood to be captain. And it clearly pissed him off. He went up there to try to prove himself to be the captain, do all this, and it's beyond a basket case. Yeah. Now, it's like, it, it is, it, like, that There's has no, to be a glaring he, thing on his... On his CV, surely that, that that happened. Like this is just absurd. On Ablett's CV, yeah, he he was up there for that long. No, his CV is fine. It just shows you how bad the Gold Coast is for sports. I disagree. Teams. I I know what you're saying. I don't. No, I, I get that part. But if he to can't come up there, he can't but he wanted to be no. But he went up there wanting to be captain, and with everything that happened with Carmichael Hunt and everything around this club, Campbell Brown, all the things that went wrong up there. I'm sorry if he's going up there saying I'm going to be the leader. I'm going to take this massive cash. I can prove myself. I want to be a great captain, and he's now just been out of this club for you know five minutes, and it looks like it's about to fold. I think that has to have some effect on him. It's, maybe history won't even bother looking back on that, but I, I think it's a joke. But anyway, there's not probably not much more we can bother talking about this game from a Gold Coast perspective. I mean, they look like an absolute joke, and they play St Kilda next week, which is the busted ass cup. Really, and we'll get into that in a minute because the Saints were appalling as well. But Giants were fantastic, but you know, fantastic in, in what respect, you know. Kelly dominated, but he's running around witch's hat, so he didn't have anything to worry about. 40 disposals, two goals. You know, this was it was a joke of a game. Yeah. yeah I mean, do we even bother going through? I mean, no. DeBoer, great. He he was able to duck around the witch's hats. Good good on him. You know, Ward, solid. You know, I was able to evade the hats. Hats, and great. Yep. yeah, yeah, great. They were able to play keepings, play keepings off. Yeah. That was, uh, this, was the senior school kids against the... Uh, the preppies. You don't get a you don't get a review from us or a medal or whatever from getting through a training drill, and that's what this nah. was. We don't review training drills. We review games, and this was well, just an out and out joke. Yeah, don't it's just another week where we're just like, how are they even still there? The AFL are so arrogant though. They'll they'll spend all so much money and they'll blow piss it into the wind. So talking before about they do anything so about talking it. about blood on a CV, Gil McLaughlin. If you don't do yeah, anything absolutely. about this, massive, massive... Well, Dimitri as well. Oh, but he's a piece of shit anyway. I can't believe he was at the AFL for so long. Danger. <laughs> nah, he, he almost turned this game... Well, he kind of well, has I don't think Gil's doing particularly amazing either because this there's a whole range of issues. Oh, massive and, issues. and this is a massive, massive problem. Yep. And they're throwing tens and tens of millions of dollars into this issue mm. and nothing... It's we're, Look, we're this far in and they look like a, beyond a rabble. So anyway, they look yeah, like anyway, they look like a bottom of the bottom of the ladder side by a long yeah, way. Saint Kilda so, are going to get a percentage boost this soon. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I reckon the Saints will smash them. Yeah. Anyway, talking about the Saints. Uh, next yeah. game because that was a, just a horrific match, and there's no point. Uh, yeah, Sydney, there's no, no point repeating a car crash over no, and over again. Yeah, Sydney bled St Kilda one twenty six to fifty five. Sydney by seventy one points. It could have been significantly uglier than this. The Swans. Um, the reality is they know how long a season is. Yeah, and I think they thought mm, we've we've put the foot on the throat enough. So, 
that's enough. Yeah. I think we, we got we got we got no we don't want injuries. We know we don't want any issues. Yeah. No suspensions. No. Let's well, just get dude, out you, of the You're probably like me. Did you hear some of the commentary? It's like, why didn't they go for the jugular and win by over hundred points? Because they don't need to. It's round twelve. Who cares? Buddy was on party mode after the so, second quarter. He's well, like, had, I'll just yeah. kick, kick it from wherever if I want to. And well, he didn't care. I no, mean, he didn't care. Four four. He could, he should really have kicked as we six said six or seven. Six two seven one. But yeah. still. One of the most influential players in the game. He had 12 marks and yeah. had 18 touches. And oh, and Heaney was great. Park was great. Kennedy was great. They're all. They just are a very, very well-drilled team. They just know how to win games. They look great. Easy. Yeah, yeah. they look the really good. Backline's fantastic. McVeigh, Grundy, all the people we talk about every week yeah. were fantastic. Uh, Florent, I thought was excellent as well. Look, it was yeah, really. Look, basically, if you missed this game. The Saints got 1-1, and Sydney finished the quarter with 9-1. So Sydney played a really clean, fast, clever, filled with variety. Like, they were just so solid the whole way. Just blared them in the first quarter, and just it, when was you thought over, it was over. Yeah, just it. when you thought, ten minutes uh, in, they'll be fine. No. Another goal. Ten and minutes gone. Another goal. Yeah, Sinclair no. was kicking goals from everywhere. Like, it was, it, was a, it was a laughable affair. And it looked like, at the end of that first quarter that we were in for a real big yeah. night. Like, it looked like it was a Melbourne-Geelong at the Cattery 2011 yeah. type of night. It looked like, wow, this is coach killer stuff. Absolutely. And it might still be. It but... might still be. And then, then the Saints started to show some pressure and some interest in the game. But guess what killed them? They were again. so far behind. What right? killed them again? Yeah. They couldn't kick goals. Yeah. Not even from five minutes Accuracy in front. Accuracy was embarrassing Unbelievable. Again. Yes, they've got some major concerns that a key injury... When I say key injuries, the injuries that you don't want to see from any players. They've got two or three players on their list. That one more knock to their head, gone. Won't mm. play football again. And if that happens to at least one of them, the AFL should be giving them some compensation in the way of a high pick. They're going to get a high pick anyway. Who's, who's St. Kilda? If oh. one of those players... No, if one of those players... if Let's say it was McCartan. Gets knocked in there, gets concussion again, and he can't play for the rest of. He can play, never play again. Oh, they've spoken they, about yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've got some. They could have taken Petrarca, but anyway. Yeah, but um. Petrarca had he had his issues coming into that pick anyway. He had some nickel. Well, he did. He had nickels, yeah, yeah, and no, everyone just went. Yeah. And he's not looking like he the player he was at the start of the year either. And we'll talk about that. Yeah, he's very. But quiet. it still would have been a better choice than McCann. No, I'm not down there. No one, not down there. <laughs> no, they've got big issues in the background. Um, St Kilda, they don't want to come out and talk about it. No, no. Um, but yeah, the, the well, let's look at Sydney first. We'll yeah, do, talk about do, Sydney, do first, Sydney yeah. first. So we'll stick with the routine. So Parker, two goals, one, 25 disposals was great. Kennedy really solid as well. Goal thirty one. Sinclair three goals. He was just you know running all over mm. the ground like nobody cares. Lloyd was really good as well. Cunningham, you know, that was a quality team effort. You know, very selfless. You know, I heard Rampy say after the game, um, you know, as I said, Florent, who was great. Jones, they've got targets everywhere. Papley, you know, they probably could have not even bothered bringing him back. I mean, who cares? Give him another, another no week's rest. Ones, I mean, yeah. probably didn't even need to bother. I think they thought this game would have been at least a little bit hard. They probably could have rested Franklin, a whole bunch of them. Not, wouldn't have made much of a difference. No, he's going to chase another common, mate. Mm, I don't think he cares. <laughs> so they're basically <laughs> dominant. was good as well. Yeah, they dominated everything, yeah. stat-wise. The only thing they didn't dominate, oh. and this is a you sort of would hope that they didn't dominate this one. Yeah. Was the tackles inside fifty? They can't do that well, if the ball's not in their Cal- back half. Yeah. yeah, so that's like you know Federer's winning somebody else's serve. Well, intercept marks. It's hard. Well, yeah, if they're intercept marking, they don't need to tackle. No, so um, marks inside fifty ten to twenty three, which is absurd. Um, yeah, so it, it, again though, so we'll, we'll probably not too much more to talk about Sydney. I mean, 
Sydney did what Sydney do. They've, they've, so they've actually won all of their away games. So they've done the reverse Richmond. They've won all their away games and they've struggled at home. So it's yeah. a very odd scenario. They're, they're extremely clean when they go away. They seem to be yeah. galvanised as a group compared to St Kilda that have no grunt and just look shot. They look the reverse. So you know they've just got so much effort when they're away. They, they look, you know... They look, they look 15, 20% better away. Like, it's the most bizarre scenario. So that, I don't think that's going to be too much of a long-term issue. But look, this was, this was men against kids, really. Again, like the previous yeah. game, it was a pretty awful couple of games in a row. Um, so coming into the game, Buddy had 885 goals and everyone on the entire St Kilda list had 622. So this was experience that was, you know, well, well away yeah. from, from you know... The first quarter was an, a, a joke, I thought. I, I mean, it was it was a laughable scenario. It was 14 to 2 clearances. Like, it was Yeah, they just absurd. couldn't get their hands. They could not get near that ball, um, St Kilda. No. And, you know, there's it, it. the Swans own St Kilda. So recent margins, so in order, going backwards, uh, 59. 71 97 70 50 42 71 yeah so it's disgusting the, the, the reality is Sydney just obliterates St Kilda and have owned them for a while even going into so when they had some good teams yeah, yeah actual some half decent players so but yeah look they took 7% out of it which is great Sydney um, they, as we said you know they probably could have gone for a bit more but who cares really well that's they, it they've got a healthy percentage anyway yeah 125 uh, game clear of fourth so mm. no they're fine yeah. So um, yeah, well, that's it. Of all the teams <clears throat> that have had the buy, I've got mm. they can't affect the top four. No, um, can't no. even really te- top uh, affect the top six at the moment. They've uh, started to pull away the the top echelon. So yeah, but um, look, we'll probably look a little bit into St Kilda. I mean, look, they they you know this the thing we've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks is offensively they have you know almost the most deficiencies out of any team in the league the soccer team could outscore them well again so they went not even so the final scores like they didn't even get remotely close to 50% so again they've only done it once this year so it was 7-13 to 19-12 I mean it so you know the the connection from from the center to to their you know inside 50 is just absurd they just don't have the targets no. And and the targets they have just can't kick straight. Like it, yeah. it's just a That's constant. It. Turn constant that around, problem. thirteen seven. They're at least competitive then. Yeah. But when you're not putting any scoreboard pressure on the team, especially when you don't get enough chances, like they don't, they don't give themselves enough chances because no. they're not a good enough team anyway. Yeah. They've got what one A grader, no. and he's probably. Mm, I don't even think anymore anymore. I, I don't think they've got any anymore. I'll be honest. Membry, you know, we 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 said he was, you know, we lauded him recently. One goal, so didn't turn up again. Um, and one goal three and a couple of those he kicked a point from probably about should, 10 centimetres in front of the goal yeah like probably it, it should have kicked three goals much harder to, to kick that, that point than it was to kick a goal like yeah. it, it is just it's unbelievable there's a sickness down there uh, the only upside for me and I've heard this quoted I heard this on the radio was Josh Battle so I thought Josh Battle was great he tried all day, really. 14 disposals. You know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but out of this busted us, Sam, that was quite good. Um, two goals once. Obviously, he spent some time forward as well. He's 19 years of age. So, yeah. like, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's um, um, you know, in, in only two games. Like, he's, yeah, he, he looks really good. I, I, I like Josh Battle. I think he's um, probably on the way out if he's going to keep playing like this and his team plays like that because we'll waste my time. So, yeah. but, yeah, look, it, there's no point kind of, 
deep diving into the stats of this game because it's it's a, as we spoke about before, it's another car crash really. I don't think there's too much else to talk about yeah. out of this game. Oh, and even if you brought all their players that are injured or suspended or whatever back into this lineup, it doesn't make them any more competitive. No, they're still they just a, don't lose by no. seventy points. They lose <laughs> by twenty or thirty. They're not a, not on a final side. Not even close. No, they've got some massive soul searching to do uh, down at uh, Moorabbin. Yeah, and it's it's a, it's again another massive financial concern for the AFL as well. They got to give them ten million last year. Um, so there's there's some serious serious issues. Yep. And um, yeah, look, I think. <laughs> Savage, you know, a whole bunch of these people. Where are they at? I mean, it's it's a it's a serious concern. I, I mean, Stephen looked awful. I mean, he was tagged totally out of the game, um, but regardless, like he couldn't remotely fight through it. Like he, he just looked shot. So yeah. uh, it's really concerning that halfway through the season they look baked. And you know, in in the VFL, so I wrote in my notes, dropping Billings did nothing. So Jack Billings in the in the VFL got fifty three touches and three goals, and just at, like completely obliterated so I think playing him you know, probably would have been the better um, the better decision and you know a lot of Saints fans were you know pretty angry with Richo and you know the, the, the sort of general consensus around Billings and the dropping was that you know this really proved that he's he's a midfielder he's he's not necessarily a, a forward so you know and I, I get that that argument so I think they'll bring him in and they, they especially at the moment half of these guys are shot they need to bring him surely, into the centre surely after 53 touches you'd yeah. come back uh, in but some of the there's not much maturity on their list but the no. ones that are there I mean where the hell are they at so I, I, I don't know I mean it, the void that's that's we've spoken about it all year the void post Rewalt and Montagna is, is enormous yeah. it's Grand it's Canyon-esque and uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the story and those, is. And they're, they're, those type of players uh, don't grow on trees, as they say. You're not going to get another rewild anytime soon. No. And, and Montagna was a running machine. But even if he was having down game, he still put in a lot of effort. We're just not seeing that. Yeah, we're not seeing that from no, they, the likes they, of Jack Stevens and, yeah. and and whatnot. So they look, they they were mentally scarred after that first quarter. They yeah. all the, the players coming in. At quarter time, yeah, it was like a looked, kid seeing his parents have sex. They were just like, oh, "What has happened?" Yeah, don't just want to talk in. about what's it happening here. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was effectively like that. That's an interesting um, analogy. But it, it was yeah, very very cooked old game, and it was another horrible horrible free to air game. The seven would you know be up in the rafters at the moment. I mean this, the, oh, yeah, the, this that they've you know no wonder the ratings are down. Like there's another absolute horrific game. I mean I know. Looking at it, you know, I had to, to put be myself fair, though, you know, St Kilda nearly made the eight last year. So on paper, at the start of the year, you thought would have thought, oh, yeah. this, this Saints could have five, six wins Goons. by this stage. This could be a good game. Sydney might mm. be kind of in and amongst it again as well, and probably they probably have eight, nine wins, wins. by this. So maybe that'd be a nice old game. But it, it, St Kilda one game, no. so they've only won one game, and you know, that... Channel Seven right now will be going. Oh, how many more St Kilda and Carlton games do we have? Mm. Can we? Can we? Carlton's take... done. They got through all four, so that's finished. At least that's out of the way. Out of the way, yeah. But um, no, look, it's it's a massive concern. But yeah, we'll, we'll speak a bit more about this in relation to St Kilda in the preview. But again, there's really nothing more we can entertain through this game. It was a no, horrible it was, game. There's no positives. No, and um, nothing out of Sydney. And we've no. probably we've talked constantly every week for the last six or seven weeks about the deficiencies in St Kilda. We're just going to be repeating ourselves We're right just, now. Yeah, and it's all the same things we've said yeah. over and over, as you said. So next game, Brisbane and Essendon. Essendon beat Brisbane eighty four to sixty two. So we tipped this one. Uh, Essendon by twenty two points. Yeah, good game. Actually, I thought. I mean, look, not the well. Look, 
not a great game, but compared to those last two games, it, it was a Ferrari. It, it had issues, without a doubt. It, it yep. wasn't the prettiest game going around, but at least it was some level of a contest to a degree. To a degree, yep. At um, least the scores weren't you know blown out by a billion points. But so, like yeah. like the last team we were talking about, St Kilda, Brisbane have got fairly similar issues in front of goal yeah. that St Kilda do. Kicked themselves and, out of the Wow, yeah. Um, Fagan must be pulling what little hair he's got left out because, again, this is another game which... They should have won. Yeah. I mean, actually, this this round is interesting. You know, Eddie Betts, we'll speak about him in, in, um, in the, moment. The, the next game, mm. but he, he was uh, horrific as well. So yeah. it's it was a real week of just, you know, awful, awful shots, shots of goals. Of goals so. Awful. So, yeah, and obviously, early on, uh, you would have thought Brisbane had the upper hand after Hodgie took out um, Heppel. Heppel, and Heppel, we didn't see Heppel for the rest of the game. No. So, nothing malicious. Hodgie was pretty hard at it, and um, Heppel will probably be... It was a flush hit. Like, he got yeah, in he just, just got in flush. flush, and it was clean, and all that type of stuff. So, nothing malicious there. <laughs> it's a shame, though, because I, I, I really like the way Heppel's played all year, mm-hmm. and, and how he's led this team that's really struggled for most of the year. So... The ability for the rest of the Essen um, team just to grit it out and um, put their head down and just do what needed to um, be done, done yeah. to get the four points was a testament, but yeah. they do not look like a top eight team either. No, and again, sort of another game, not a hell of a lot to take out of. We tipped the Bombers. We thought they would win sort of 20, 30 points. So quarter time score, 2-4 to 4, flat. So Essendon accurate early, then 3-7. So Brisbane really starting to kick a lot of points to 7-4. And then 5-9 to 8-11, so you know, a little bit better, but not great. And then 8-14 to 12-12. So mm. we'll start with the Bombers a bit more. Obviously, they um, they won the game, so we'll start with them. Oh, they were good. I thought Stringer was, yep, was solid. Yeah, a really good game from Stringer, which um, again, that's pleasing. You know, kind of like the GWS game, you know, we didn't kind of, we briefly ran over Kelly's stats, which looked very good on paper. And yeah, Stringer's numbers look quite good too, against not a great opposition. But still, no. at least he's competing. He looks, it looks a little bit better. I think Saad's proven to be one of the better um, recruits of the year so far. He's, he's, he's had up and down games without a doubt, but he was better at least. The Don's kids, I thought, looked really good as well. So there's some clear positive signs. Um, but yeah, they, this was against a um, side that is, yeah, they're, they're not going to be very good. I thought... No, and obviously yeah. lost a lot of more experienced players last week so they didn't mm. play this week um, which is not not ideal when they're trying to uh, learn the, the trade yeah. so uh, there's only so much the, the likes of Zorko and, and um, Hodge and that can, can do without a number of players there to help out so McCluggage three points Christensen three, uh, two points mm. these, these no goals by the way that's going to hurt um, who else Cutler keep no, no goals three points mm. you got to You've got to learn to kick goals if you're going to put yourself in a position to, to really, win a game. And, and this not... is that classic game of someone kicking themselves out of the game. Yeah. Quite literally. Like they, they just made them, it made it impossible. Yeah, absolutely. And if they had won that and they game against I think it was Sydney that they were romping home and just couldn't put the scoreboard pressure on them, I mean, they'd be sitting on three or should be really three or four wins at the moment. But they're not. And it looks like it's still going to be a fairly long season for, for Brisbane. Yeah. 
Let's, um, I mean, a couple of things with Essendon as well. I mean, Langford, Gulfy, you know, I think for me, you know, I hope Woosh has got the confidence to keep playing these kids, and I think that's the way to go about it. Yep, um, I agree. I thought, you know, and a couple of those, you know, kind of guys that have been a little bit in the wilderness here and there, but I thought D was good as well. That's the thing, like, there, there, there was some really, really quality and exciting signs from their kids, so... It's, it's, you know, Harris Andrews as well was, was very, very impressive on the day. You could mount an argument that he was best on ground. Uh, Mitch Brown's goal I thought was really good as well. So that's the thing. that, that This next era of Bombers is, is, is interesting. It looks like it's going to be a, a good side. So Yeah, but, I think you yeah. mentioned it a few weeks ago. They're probably building for next year and then the next oh, two yeah. or three years after that. <clears throat> so that's probably why bringing the three players in that they did in the preseason. Well, Stringer's um, only 24 years old. Yeah. That's the thing. Thing. He's not. People seem to think he's been around for a while, and um, you know, Sard's twenty three. So that yeah, they're, they're working on a, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so they're working on like a twenty twenty one ish, I reckon, window. Yeah, twenty 2020, twenty twenty one. I think that would be their ideal sort of hitting hitting zone. And I don't think these kids are a pack of jokers. They're not going to do a you know a baby bombers next year or something. But I wouldn't think so. Um, but no, look, but who knows? Uh, Hurley, I thought was excellent as well. Really high percentage too, and I thought he was yeah. pretty good on the day. So. But again, look, again, such such um, relatively average opposition. I don't think there's too much more we can think out of this. We both tipped the Bombros and, and thought they'd win by about this margin. So it's not really too surprising. I think Essendon are going to definitely scrap some wins away and at home between now and the end of the year. Yeah, the but I reckon six, the first six they've lost too many. Yeah, yeah they've lost too many from here. And I think it's going to be very difficult for them to make finals. They might, who knows, they might just sneak it. But I think if they do, it'll be similar to last year and they'll finish at eight and then get bombed the yeah, first week. I like can't they see doing Sydney any damage, yeah. So Sydney belted them last week if you if you um had forgotten. So it's yeah, look it's it's probably not too much more. It'd be interesting to see where they play Heppel next week and, and a couple other different things out of it. But um there's not probably too much more we can kind of take out of this game. And Brisbane, disappointing, you know, this was a probably well, not probably. I would say this is definitely a winnable game, and yeah. to have such horrible accuracies um, is not ideal. But I, I just felt, you know, we spoke about this in the preview. You know, losing, you know, so many, you know, so much quality in their side is is yeah. It, it's never, never, especially such a young side. They yeah. they need everyone on the park, and they need everything to go right to really try to make it um, make it happen. Happen. So. so yeah, look, I don't know how Fagan goes about addressing those types of things. Um, whether he leaves it to the, the senior players to talk to these younger guys about being composed and, and taking their time when in front of goal or whether they're over the bye week for them, that's what they do. They're just dog-kicking drills in yeah. in, in mock um, simulation mm. about in different areas. So. Yeah, that's true. Who knows, but I think if they can address their goal kicking, then like you and I said three or four weeks ago, they've got a big future ahead of them if they can keep this team together. Without a doubt. I mean, Hipwood was pretty good. Like, you know, he mm, two was, one, yeah. so that was good. You know, Zorko two flat, McStay. But again, that's when it's then it starts to drop from there. Like, it is, you're starting to see, you know, as you said before, Cutler and people like that. So, um, yeah. Not kicking think, goals, kicking points. No, so it, that's the thing, you know, that, that's when it, it just obviously kills you. So there's probably, yeah, not too much more we can take out of this. Again, there was the, so the two contentious things. So the protected area issues again. So they had this garbage in this game. And then they, they had it also in the, the Ablett um, happened as well in the Geelong game. So look, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, the, the AFL have kind of shot themselves in the foot because they said, oh, look, we're not going to change any rules to the end of the year. But... 
now in a situation where yeah. that needs we'll to be changed. Well, needs we'll to be changed right now. Like, but they won't do it now. Four so. field umpires now. I mean, they're changing things. <clears throat> they are, but in terms of major rules, they said they wouldn't do anything mid-year because the coaches yeah. complained and said, "Hang on, can't just turn around and go, hey, now we're doing this.' Do this, yeah. So, but that that was a joke. And then also the score review uh, with oh. again more awful stuff through a few of the games. But we we you know. Smitty and I don't tend to go into it because it's just a waste of time because we've repeatedly said it's a joke and they should get rid of it until it works. But that ball from Stringer's kick was clearly touched and it, it, how it was given a goal is just mind-blowing. So just that, it, it look, it's really embarrassing again. It, it looks amateur hour compared to yep. bigger sports that we watch. If they want to, yeah, if they want to take <coughs> this sport outside of these shores... That stuff is just. Well, if you want to attract people that are watch that watch big, laugh at that. massive sports like that, that, yeah, it is, it is genuine laughable. So anyway, but they they got to get rid of it, and I think until they can get it right, go with the umpire. And most of the time, the umpire's been getting it right, but yeah. they're so scared now. They so half scared the time they go up, go up to the to the um, review, and I don't know who the hell's up in the review, but they're drunk. Yep, blind, crack, doing crack, something, whatever it is. But there's a whole, a whole lot of and issues. And why are they box. accountable? Like we see, well, someone the... got fired. So apparently, the one I've read this recently. Apparently, the the one there was a card. Forget the exact issues, but there was apparently one of them got sacked. Good. So, well, they should. That's literally affecting a team's um, result. Result. Yeah. Everyone goes, oh, the end result that wouldn't have affected, but we don't know that exactly. We don't know I saw what that goal. People arguing about that. Yeah, I, so I don't think so. It's um, yeah, it's yeah. You just don't know what goes in people's heads players heads when things like that happen and whether it just puts a downer or lifts them up or what it ha- yeah anyway yeah we won't go into too much everyone no. knows it was a shit call and that it's been a failed experiment so far because it's still an experiment yeah um probably not need don't not too much need sorry to go into the stats you know Essendon had fair control through most of it you know the, the stats don't really show too much. It's more accuracy and efficiency is really where the game was won here. Yeah, had Brisbane gone you know slightly better and then obviously a bit better on the scoreboard. It, you know, and there was a lot of very winnable kicks there. Like there yeah. was some really poor accuracy again. Well, as soon so. as Essendon got the ascendancy late in that first quarter, they weren't really challenged because Brisbane no. couldn't kick goals. So exactly, yeah. um, they took advantage of that and yeah, yeah. But look, I think where Brisbane are at. You know, excuse me. Clearly, a bottom four side, but at the moment, yeah. at the moment, yeah. Clearly, I, I know they've been better, but they're not going to be much more than this. Yeah, yeah but I mean, they're the standout of the bottom four teams. I but think that's, that's, that's. I think that's the way I look at it. They're a good bad. So they team. just can't. Yeah, they're a good bad team. They are a good bad team. <laughs> And yep. you, I've heard people say, oh, they're the best 17th or 16th or wherever they end up being side I've ever seen. And that might be true, but that's not much of an accolade. doesn't matter, no. I don't no. think any of the players want to be the best 17th <clears> team <throat> in the competition. <laughs> best winless team ever. Yeah, so anyway. But look, Essendon, I think yeah, they've left this run pretty late. But, you know, they're good on them. And they're, they're a good side. And you know, At least in winning. Yeah. So starting to win some games, which there was... Oh, mm. Bit of a worry there that they it were just pretty, pretty be garbage for bottom a bit four, there. and they're definitely they are definitely a better team on paper than without a four. doubt. Yeah, yeah. so they, they, it looks like they're going to finish in and around where they finished last year, or probably just out of the eight. I reckon it's Correct. a bit too tough. So next game in a little bit of an upset at Optus Stadium, Frio and Adelaide Crows. 
Fremantle won by three points. So this was a very frustrating game. It was. 71 to 68. How, after halftime, I do not understand how the Crows let this slip. Yeah, they were so, amazing, so it? dominant yeah. in that second quarter. Like They got a, a bit of a shake-up in the first quarter. Freo very good, but then they came out and went, no, nah, we're not losing this game. And then third quarter. Oh, this no. was one of those Richmond sort of efforts, I, I actually felt, where... In the past, being a, a Richmond supporter, seeing you know, in, seeing some of these games where we would find new ways to lose. Yeah. And it, it, you texted me during this game and said, I don't actually understand how it's possible, but I think Adelaide are going to lose this game and it's going to be just down to themselves because they're, they're, they're in this game and it is just embarrassing. Yeah. So I, I don't know. But it's, they, you know, so the score is 5-2 to 1-4. So horrible accuracy from Adelaide early. Um, you know, as I said before, Eddie Betts, Two goals, six. So he, he you just don't see that. You don't ever see that, and the conditions weren't terrible either. So no, it looked fine. like they were pretty, very <clears throat> good football conditions. But second quarter, five, six, seven, six. So Adelaide took the lead, and then nine, eight to seven, nine. So they dropped it a bit, and then they came back a bit, and then just you know blew it in the end. So. 10, 11, 9, 14. So, so 9, 14, just to highlight that again, put more emphasis on it. So I think you can really mount an argument now. So Adelaide is sitting with six wins heading into round 13. People don't make finals, six and six. Not from here. I, I, I think your punt of Adelaide missing out on finals, you might have hit, hit the nail there. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm still a little bit bullish on them just because of who they've still got to come back. It's just whether those players actually come back. They've got to hurry up. Well, the Crows are notorious. They've all year. We have no idea where Sloan's at. They say he's coming back this week. Well, we'll wait and see. Is Tex Walker... He came back too early. That's, yeah, well, I've written that, that in my say, notes. Is yeah. he actually fit enough to be playing AFL Well, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have played that game, so, I, I think. So that means he's got to be on a, under a cloud for this weekend. Mm. Um, crowds, yeah, look, it's they're better off just being a bit more open about it because I reckon their um, supporter base are getting really, really frustrated about this team and where they're at and what they're doing and all that type of stuff, but... Yeah, to kick two goals six from Betts is terrible. Is, yeah. well, it's just unheard of. You just it's, well, it is. It's it's quite bad and very unusual. I mean, it's it's yeah, it, it's something that we see very, very, very rarely. Yeah. And this yeah, Bryce keeps scratching his head. They had to win this game, Adelaide, and that's why I tipped them. I, I thought yep. Freya were a bit of a chance. I think you thought this would be a bit further um, away. Oh, but I didn't I, give Freya any, any chance. No, any hope. not especially. It was no five, and then and no sandwich. Then, then no as well, yeah. When, seriously, this has got to be the first time they've ever won a game without those. I two, think it's surely. like literally like a handful. Like it's basically nothing. So that, yep. that's another thing. Well, so we'll start with Fremantle. Obviously, they won the game. Um, great effort to win, as you just said, without two you know massive pillars and two you know very important sides, um, you mm. know, p- pieces to their sides. Sorry, yeah. so it's it's. So they've only had one less win than Adelaide now. That's the thing. Like it, it's Adelaide are heading into without a doubt danger territory. Like they they need to win a lot of games from here. That's there's not that many games left. We're heading into round thirteen. Yep. It's, Don't it, remind me, I'm a Hawthorne supporter. We get to play the next there week. There you go. I'm not so, happy about that. But um, look, this was look. But, it wasn't a horrible game. It, it was much better than the, the previous three we just spoke about. Yeah, it, it was better to watch. But there was just some frustrating things from both sides. You know, we'll keep sticking with Fremantle. I mean that. That situation at the end with Walters, so he got reported, and then if he didn't see the game, there was a 50-meter penalty as well that nearly cost them the match. So it gave Adelaide a goal yeah. and then put them within a sniff of him. It's only three points. So, I mean, look, this was... Yeah, it got really tight at the end. Like, they nearly, nearly blew, blew it. it. Nearly yeah. blew it. And so... and. 
that's the other thing. This Ross must be just really <clears throat> pissed with some of his players. Like Walters, why do you? Like, you know, there's oh, cameras there. Yeah. You punch someone in the guts, you're gonna get a week. Yeah, they don't like seeing it on on television anymore. No, so, yeah. and he's lucky he only got a week because there was another th- something else he did as well. Um, in that. You, oh, there's a bunch moment. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he can feel very lucky for only getting rubbed out for a week, but just stupid. Um, there's some real behavioural issues down there. I reckon. And if Ross doesn't get them sorted soon, they're gonna be a basket case for a few years. Maybe, yeah. I mean, credit where credit's due. I thought Cox was good. Sheridan, I was impressed with as well. You know, Valentine's very much playing for his career, and I thought he yeah, was, he did what I he, he was. To. I thought he was good. Mm. I mean, one two is not amazing, but at least he was okay. He competed. Um, Banfield as well, I thought was good too. Langdon, I was really impressed with. So Ed Langdon, I mean, this kid. So twenty five disposals, like he he was fantastic on the night. Twenty two years old. So it actually now that Ross has started actually playing the kids, it looks like they might be okay. It looks like they've actually got. A couple of decent kids. They don't look like they're going to shoot the lights out, but it looks like they're actually not that bad, which yeah. is encouraging, you know, because this, we spoke a couple of weeks ago and said, what is the post Fife Sandlands Fremantle? What does it look like? And we both sort of went, mm, like, <laughs> it doesn't look, it doesn't look particularly yeah. very good, but. Although that, um, yeah, Michael Aitness, which is the young ruck, um, he could be all right. He looks okay. Uh, given, yeah, he, he, I thought he competed. Good disposal efficiency. That's a 90%. Thing. So yeah. just giving him some chances, I guess, um, even when Sanderlands is playing, playing forward or back just to fill in a hole. Who knows? But yeah, I think Ross just has to throw, throw it out there and, and play the kids. But there was some nice variety as well. Like they, nice sort of, you know, variance from kicks to handballs as well. Like that, you know, stylistically, I thought they were quite good. I think they're offensive style was better than what I've seen certainly for yep. a long time from Freo especially without those two pieces in there I thought going inside 50 they were okay there's some nice variety but I mean there was variety because you don't know who the bloody yeah. hell half of these people, people are. are yeah it's still a concern that they can't kick a big score though well that's another thing I was going to say I've written that in my notes as well yeah. was that 71 points you know it's still a, a bit of a concern um, to, to not have you know any like you know six goal scorers is not ideal so like it's no. it's um yeah they really relied a lot on Cox yeah so their last four weeks have had two scores in the 50s and two scores in the 70s so yeah but some of the kids as I said yeah, kids look good. good Brayshaw's yeah, a bunch of these guys actually look quite good isn't he 18 yeah he's brand new just drafted yeah last year's draft so but um yeah, yeah look there's some some of the you know Monday I thought was good but you know how many more years has he, he got ahead of him he's 32 probably not much more yeah so that's the um, thing like, in there's a few two, of these probably gone in the next year two or three two, years yeah. they lose Sandlands Monday probably Pierce potentially oh, I reckon Valentine as well Valentine and <clears throat> Stephen Hill well yeah and, and you know so that's a lot that's, that's some Pretty good. There's some pretty good players there to, to be out of your club. But then, you know, we spoke about West Coast and how we thought they might really struggle without, you know, Mitchell and Prudis in there. And it was actually a, a massive blessing yeah, in disguise. So maybe, maybe some of these kids like your Neils and people just all of a sudden become even bigger Jets and with, without, you know, different elements there. I don't know. It's it's, yeah. in, it's interesting to look at. And I don't want to, you know, write them off and say, oh, no, they're a middle wrong side and they'll have to do another rebuild after that. We just don't oh, know. No, just don't know. It's too well. hard to know. I want to see more of the kids and I'm glad yeah, and Ross is finally starting to do well, that. Well, that's the thing. They have had good draft picks over the last two or three years because they've traded very well to get high picks. Without a doubt. But I think Ross 
Ross has been pretty defiant through the last few years and he's been playing a lot of 27, 28, 29 year olds mm. too much and a bunch of these guys have been getting games and it's it's just not good enough for the last no. couple of years especially. So Yeah, so yeah, good it was a very good win for Frio. Quality win and it was a good credit where credit's due. No, it didn't didn't help the tips. But look, credit where credit's due, you know, they they were efficient. They went at seventy two percent, which is quite good throughout a game. Yeah. Um, tooth, you know that. Yeah. The stats don't show too much. You know, they they won contested, but only just uncontested. They won as well. You know, clearances they they were relatively good, but they created opportunity for themselves, which is great. You know, they actually look like they've got a nice young center. So twelve marks inside fifty to sevens is solid. Won the clearances, but again, only just. Um, won the tackles actually too so that was the thing they were really good tackling side against um, West Coast recently so that was great to see them sort of continue that again 64 is quite good um, so you know 8 tackles inside 50 so that's the thing the stats probably don't show too much but um, yeah all of its efficiency and you know even we can almost put it down to Eddie Betts like he, he not to blame him but he does not kick too sick it's the, it's, that's very, the worst very, I've ever yeah. seen him in front of goal so I don't yeah. know whether he had an issue or sickness or who knows but he looked awful um, Crows We've sort of spoken about, hey, I mean, some good things, but yeah, I mean, I thought Gibbs, he's been outstanding again. Gibson, you know, Jenkins was okay. Jacobs was good in the right. Duday as well. But you'd expect Jacobs right, to be good when he's not going up <coughs> against the Sandlands. Yeah, so. I mean, Seedsman, okay. He's probably had a little bit lower than what he had been in the past. Yeah, I like you know some of their kids look okay, but yeah, look, it's I think it's next year for Adelaide for me. I I, I don't think um, I actually think they're going to miss out on finals from here. And if, and if they are to make it, it, it's going to be at the very bottom end. And the big issue is that yes, they're going to get players back, and it's kind of like that. Oh yeah, Scully's coming back for GWS. You know, Green's going to come back at some point. That's great, but we're running out of time. We, yeah, there's not that much time left, and it can take. A couple of weeks sometimes for these good pieces that come back in to get some to get some synergy, but then also to fit back into the side. Absolutely. So I'm not confident that, that Adelaide all of a sudden. Oh yeah, you know, there's a lot of upside. You hear a lot of people saying there's heaps of upside with Adelaide. They got heaps of players out. They're going to come back. But if they don't come back, it takes time. And that like this, Walker doesn't look anywhere near ready. No. It sounds like Sloan's at least a week or so after the buy. So there's a, there's a, some serious... Yeah. And we'll talk more about that in, in the um, preview, but there, there is some serious concerns. Major concerns. With, with um, Adelaide. Yeah, look, it's... It, it, again, look, you know, Freo, they're, they're going to push in and around the bottom section of the ladder. I, I, I think that's... I, that, you know, them making finals, I think, is possible, but it's looking unlikely. <clears throat> I think both teams are very unlikely, I'll be honest. There's too many teams that, that are pushing teams, in yeah. that midsection. I, I just don't see them, them doing it. The, the advantage, I guess, for Freo is their their uh, fixture's not too bad because they, they didn't finish too high last year. So they've actually got an okay fixture and a lot of games at home. So if they keep winning these games at home. But Adelaide were easily favourites in this game. Oh, like, yeah. And they won. So who knows? But, yeah, look, probably not too much more to, to take out of this game. Um, yeah, look, some some pretty average things from, from both sides. But, look, compared to the rest of the day's footy, it was a yeah. masterpiece, really. I mean, the, the Saturday... Well, sorry, the yeah. Sunday and then the Saturday as well. Nah, some... Freo aren't playing finals. I can only see them winning four, maybe five more games <coughs> for the rest of the year. That's yeah, and nowhere near and enough. Five, nowhere near enough. No. <coughs> but, <coughs> so not if they can, yeah, but if they win, can win all their remaining games at home, or at least be competitive there, then uh, good signs for next year, I suppose. That's it. So let's move on to the last game, Melbourne and Pies. It's only finished a few hours ago. Only just finished, that's it. So, so Collingwood by 42 points, 133 to 91. Um, Big game. Yeah, Collingwood were ruthless from the outset. They absolutely controlled, yeah, controlled the game extremely well. 
knew where to read the ball off Gorn's hands. I think Grundy yeah. knew that. Yeah, he could have competed and probably got his half half the man um, hit outs, but he thought no because we can stop them through the clearance in the centre. Who cares if Gorn has four hundred yards? Yeah, they get the ball afterwards. So other Grundy, you know, if we competed and you know, it, but it was it look. Collingwood outplayed them. There's no other yep. way to say it. So scores through the game, 2-5-5, to 7-2 five, five, uh, to Collingwood's 9-9, nine, 11-5 nine, to 15-11. So it kind of looked like they were a small chance of three-quarter time, but but probably unlikely. And then final yep. score, 14-7 to 2013. Could have so, been much worse. Sidebottom had three probably gettable goals, and he didn't kick <clears> any of them, even though he had a... No. He, he, he was outstanding all day, but um, that could have been the uh, the cherry on top there with yeah. his um, 32 touches, but they just... <clears throat> who cares when you've got Cox kicking five, um, Stevenson, who's probably the best he was recruit fantastic. for the year yeah. now, um, out of the, uh, last year's draft, which a lot of people touted, except when they heard about his heart condition, that so many people had him go in top three. But it doesn't proof. apparently it doesn't impact his game at no. all. So, so it's just proof Poor that, research by other clubs. Yeah, Absolutely. absolutely. So Collingwood are doing really well. Obviously, Hoskin Elliott had another blinder. Mm. So they're looking bloody good. As much as it pains me to say it, being a non-Collingwood supporter. But look, but Buck, good on. we've spoken all year about how well Bucks is coaching. And oh. I've heard a lot recently that Collingwood haven't played anybody. They beat Adelaide at home when they were up and about and had a lot more mm. people on the park. And they've just beaten Melbourne. And then now they beat beaten Melbourne at the probably G. the second form team of the conference. With West Coast and, mm. and you, you know probably Richmond as well. So that look, that... This was a fantastic yep. win, and they really made a solid statement. And this really starts to help their finals chances. Absolutely, it does. So they're 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 looking quite good, you know. And the, the biggest thing, and something we've spoken about quite a lot with Collingwood as well, is they've just got so much variety, you know. As you spoke about, so before, unpredictable, so unpredictable, and you know they they enter inside fifty with a lot of variety as well. I, I yep. really like the way they structure up. They zone off really well, so you know they'll they'll really you know peel everyone to one section of the ground. You know, kick it out to the fat side and, and split it in a way so that it, it just makes it so much harder for the defenders to, to, to work with the work rate that, you know, Collingwood have. And that's the thing, you know, their midfielders are constantly yep. peeling back and kicking goals or, or peeling back and, and helping to defend. So there's, it's a really selfless team okay. effort from this team. And the brand of football they play is great. Absolutely. And what a win to take into the next month ahead. So they get to buy next week. Yeah. And then Patton. Cabin. Followed by... Gold Coast. Gagast. And then Essendon. Wow. Then next month is a bye. I reckon they'll and lose to Essendon, but they'll win all the other ones. That Well, that's the game they, 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 they have to lose. Yeah, they'll probably they'll have to lose. smash the other ones. No, yeah. And then it becomes interesting. Then they've got, <clears> they got a pretty uh, challenging rest of the season, but they'll want that if they're playing finals. They'll want to be playing um, the teams that they're going to be potentially facing. So um, get the runs on the board over the next month and um, take it from there. But they, yeah, they look super. They look Bucks fantastic. Bucks, as you said, Bucks is... I've been saying it for weeks. I've been saying it since around two or three. Probably the coach of the year at the moment. Well, it's well, you can say Brad Scott for sure because he's been fantastic and where he's brought that young North list from. You can also say Adam Simpson because that, like, it was from where they were last year to again building them into a team that's basically not lost a game. Like, if Buddy doesn't kick eight in round one, then that that totally changes things around as well. Let's let's say he does a four four. Like, you, you I guess the difference. Kilda. I guess the difference is while we a lot of us wrote off West Coast at the start of the year. When you look at it, but we actually, hadn't seen any evidence that they were going to turn around. And do but they this had though. stars on piece of paper on the paper. They still had A graders. But uh, Collingwood, Darling did Col- not look like an A grader like, last year. That's not. But Kennedy, I know what you Yo, mean. Gaff, yeah. they, they, Nat Nui, they still had quality. Whereas Collingwood, everyone was like, "Who are these people?" Yeah, they literally, 
didn't know who they were to exactly. Penelbury, and now all of a sudden they're household names and people oh. like that yeah they've got people yeah. all over the ground so. whereas yeah it's, um, but <clears throat> good on them well, Collingwood um, are sitting at 6th now so they've got 8 wins which is excellent not a great percentage 118 but it's not horrendous they can build from there yeah over the next um, 3 weeks that's the thing it's still it's that, exactly they've got a, a couple <laughs> of low sides they can play but look you know great spread you yep. know they, they, they're playing modern football in that you know they're, they're not relying on anyone specific you know great top end spread too so Cox 5-1 Stevenson 4-3 and then Hoskin Elliott 4 straight I thought Hoskin Elliott was great today yeah he um he's just clutch late too so Thomas 3-1 they, they look great so Michek as well that goal before the end of um the third quarter was excellent too you know Trelaw you know they, they've just got polish all over the ground they look fantastic and tell you what if they're, if they're able to get Lynch he's, yeah. he's just a cherry on the top <laughs> and then that yeah, that, that would really... Absolutely. That would be amazing. amazing. Um, did I take back what I just said? Because it didn't look like he won the hit-outs, but Grundy actually won the hit-outs as well. I like think he two, just won it, didn't he? Yeah, 38 yeah. to 36 no, or something, but... 33. So. No, no, but it, 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 I know what you're saying, though. You're right. Mm. In the, 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 Well, their midfield group's excellent. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the quality midfield groups get better at reading the ball off other, doesn't, you know, off other taps. It doesn't yep. have to be their own. So they just play it really well. So And the thing is... <clears throat> Melbourne weren't bad. They just couldn't get their hands on them. Yeah. Collingwood were just a better team on the day. They just they'd obviously done their research on how to beat Melbourne, and they um, executed the plan very, very well. Research was was without a doubt. They found deficiencies and they found holes. And I think look, Melbourne did look a little slow. I think that definitely helped Collingwood. I think they've been up. They've won five in a row. They were you know they've been really up and about. But yep. I thought they you know spread them regularly and you know used the size of the ground well and they were solid. They were really, really good. They were clean and they were fast, and they were just on. Yeah, they are a fast. <clears throat> they're a fast side, right? From the from, that's why they're so good to watch because this was this the round really needed this because this was a pretty busted yeah. ass round. And this, this is this was quality. This is starting to look a little bit like the 2010, 2009 to two thousand eleven Collingwood side that had a lot of spread through their midfield. Well, didn't rely on one or two forwards kicking big goals. That's all how the you time. win. That's how you win flags. You don't win flags from nowadays from having a. A one play, even you know Sydney with a Franklin, they don't they don't go straight through him. They can't. Not anymore. They can't. No. So yeah, they they pressure really well. So, you know, a lot of tackles as well. You know, you run through the tackles list. It's just it's huge. So there's you know a whole page over six or seven. So look, that they look they look really really good, Collingwood. Um, we'll pivot a bit into Melbourne. Look. Not too worried. I mean, they were up for five weeks yeah. and were belting teams as well. So that's a thing. Like they've been playing pretty hard for quite a while. I'm not I know they were playing, you know, kind of beating down on a bunch of lower sides, but Well that's a thing. Not man. too worried, I'll, I'll be brutally honest. Well, Viney, you know, he was quality in space, but But that's a thing, know. like is the fact that they have not played any real decent sides so, so for a they, while. So yeah. they played St Kilda. Bad and side. then they played the Gold Coast Bad Suns. Side. Then they got count so <clears throat> three, three, the three bottom Terrible sides. Sides. Basically, they got Adelaide. With Adelaide, well, they just went to bed up in the territory at Alice. Yeah, was, um, but they're, they're start, but they're obviously looking uh, susceptible now. So well, yeah. And then who was that? And then the doggies are, are half the team they were two years ago. Mm. So when you've got that, when you've got witches hats, <clears throat> you're playing against for a month. I don't think it helps. It doesn't no, help. Yeah. No. So they probably just yeah didn't. I think that might have been why they were a bit slow. Mine not yep. necessarily necessarily have been pressure, no. more that they're just not used to that level of pace yeah absolutely um, so yeah I think they're going to be fine I think this is probably that loss they always say oh it's probably the loss they need 
needed to have during the season, and they'll just come back in the second half as a better team, better I mean, unit. Yeah, I think they missed, ironically, they missed Lever a little bit, but uh, uh, look, you know, Jordan Lewis was still quite good in doing, yeah. you know, sort of assisting in that role. You know, I thought actually Lyndon Dunn for um, Collingwood was quite good, so he was very good. Would, wouldn't have minded having him back at the, the no, days. No, him and Hal were pretty good. I the think they yeah. got, oh, they like playing their, their old side. Yeah, but, um, no, look, look, it's, yeah, they. Oliver was very good again for the D. Um, Tom, uh, Tom's, um, McDonald getting McDonald's six, six goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looked like Carey at one point. So not the glassing, more more the um, the taking marks and kicking goals. Yeah, the the, the thing the he got paid for the football. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Not, absolutely. Not the rat stuff. No, he doesn't look um, like he's going to be. A no, rat no. Off the field. No. Um, and they just re-signed him too. So mm. good on them. Um, but no, not not really too much concern for me with Melbourne. They yeah. didn't rock up in this game as much as they could have, but it wasn't like they were appalling. No, look, yeah, so, exactly. I just think Collingwood... Um, they were very on. Very on, did their research, got the jump pretty early, and just controlled the game, and never got overawed if Melbourne no. attacked and got a couple of goals back. They just went, all right, we'll just try something. They can switch their style really quickly, which yeah. is amazing, and then obviously we've touched on how fast they are. Lots of uh, multiple goal kickers, big spread of goal kickers. Yeah. They're just a very difficult team to match up on and the, and the thing about it too is you know they, they Collingwood were playing this um, offensive zone of isolating Cox so they were they were doing that kind of regular and that's how he ended up getting 5-1 but the problem was when Melbourne kind of thought alright well hang on let's shut that down then Stevenson would bob up then they would shut that down and then Hoskinelli would bob up that does the thing like they've, they've got so many different options they've got so many scorers and they're accurate too that's the other thing too Collingwood are actually quite an accurate side so yep. yeah look it, it, you know Collingwood have still got a bunch of um, quality players in their in their twos that can come in as well. So that's the thing they've actually got some serious depth. Yeah, yeah. especially because so. they're forced to play so many young kids because of injuries early on. Um, speaking of injuries, uh, looks like Wells is going to be out for a little while. Hamstring. There's potential. a bunch of injuries out of this game. Jetta as well. Yeah, so there's so, quite a few. Yeah, we'll t- start to test their depth now. We'll um, chat about that in the next episode. Absolutely. Sure. So yeah, look, it was it was look it was a really nice way to end the the round to see two really quality teams finally. See eighty plus thousand at the G. Yeah, so eighty three, I believe. Yeah, it was, was eighty three. Um, lots of Melbourne supporters, passionate Melbourne supporters. There, they didn't go away for the, um, no, the ski season the skis, or anything yeah. like that. They stayed in Melbourne where you should as a football supporter. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the toothless Collingwood supporters were there as well. I mean, anyway, you know, they were there. yeah, they were there, and um, obviously for a very good cause as well. Yeah, and and well done to the coaches coming out as well. That was good. Yeah, getting all dressed up there, mm. um, doing their thing for. For the research and uh, obviously for a superstar of the, the game, not only as a player, but he did a lot as the coach. Of well, he's Melbourne the last well. person to get Melbourne anywhere near the grand final. He yeah. did get him to the grand final. So. Uh, marks inside 50, 19 to 12. So Collingwood, just so many more opportunities to to kick a score and you just can't allow that amount of marks to Collingwood because they'll, they'll murder you because they're so accurate. That's the thing. They've yep. worked on that significantly in the off-season and it's showing. Inside 50, 63 to 42. So that... That just highlights it. Collingwood yeah. has so many more options. So and, and let's and they they and they kept pressuring too. That's the thing. You know, throughout the game, tackle seventy one is really solid. So twelve to eight tackles inside fifty. So yeah, and a bit like a bit like Sydney. Um, I thought think Melbourne realised with ten or so minutes to go in the 
game that they weren't going to be able to get get the win. So yeah. they probably just took their I foot off, just went. Well, they've got enough management. They got yeah. They, yeah. they went. No, let's just let this go. Um, wasn't over the top for a blowout anyway. They had a massive percentage before that, regardless. So yeah, exactly. I think yeah, they just all went. You know what? Let's just play it out, but don't go too hard. There's no point risking injuries at this time of the year. Exactly. And I mean, you can mount a really strong argument. I think now we're halfway through the season. I think you can mount an argument that Collingwood are the best middle rung side. I think they're they're all cert- if they're not, they're very close to being because they they've they've they're gonna they've played a lot of games away and the ones they've won away have been very good. So depends who actually put in there. Start, but then they they have fixed it from there. So do, do you put North Melbourne in the middle rung? Yeah. So that would be my only argument with that, and I think they're the top two middle run teams. Well, that's what the ladder shows. So so right. So top five teams <clears throat> at the moment are the top five: Melbourne, Geelong, Sydney. Richmond West Coast and I think they've proven uh, just from a consistency basis to be the best five teams in the comp so that's probably why they're sitting one to five yeah so Collingwood through to what Essendon or Hawthorne that'd be no. middle run yeah Essendon I guess just, just. maybe Hawthorne put all, yeah not not Essendon no? probably Hawthorne yeah alright then easily because Port Adelaide GWS Adelaide well, the Hawthorne ladder shows have been I mean, so inconsistent the latter doesn't lie I mean Collingwood now have won four in a row so yeah. West Melbourne Coast, had won six in a row. Yeah, yeah so yeah, no, I, I, yeah. they would look. Melbourne would do a loss, and we we spoke about this in the preview that it was a, a chance to go the other way, but it was more that I think we just thought that there's just going to be so much polish yeah. on the demon side that they would be able to get over the line, but they just looked a step behind. Just a step behind, yeah. And that and that in the, in the modern game when you play against a quality side mm. can kill you. Yeah, just uh, yeah. Obviously, when you look hindsight's a wonderful thing. You look back, they've, they've played track. Practice matches for a month. That's the um, thing. We just, did speak about yeah. that to a degree, but I think we probably thought, not enough. Yeah, you I, just thought they'd just yeah. get up and. I you think know as what? well the Neil Danaher factor as well. Like yeah, I, I, know, I just think that. maybe anyway, look, it doesn't matter. No, no. Well, we, well, I mean, it does, but I think Melbourne is still a massive top four chance, regardless of what happened today. Yeah, and I think you know Collingwood, if they can keep everybody on the park, they're they're going to be right up there. But yeah, look, these two sides are going to be you know right at the end of the season when the whips are cracking. I think. As oh, well. I reckon so, so too. Oh, a final between these two would be fantastic. So a massive crowd, but um, I think we'll leave it at there. There's probably not too much more. Obviously, there was um, only seven games this week. Only so seven games. So Carlton, yeah. Hawthorne, West Coast, and the Doggies had a bye. So yeah. there's still a, another bye week next week too. So. Two more weeks of it. That's it. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. If you can hit us up at, at AFL Deep Dive or on all the social media platforms. Uh, you can get us on email as well, afldeepdive at gmail.com. Check out hopstahome.com.au, fresh craft beer delivered to your door. Send us any questions, anything you want to chat about. Keep the conversation going. We're enjoying all the conversations on social media. We've got some fun stuff coming up in the future as well. So keep interacting. We've got a lot of stuff on the boil. Yeah, um, which we'll, uh, we'll divulge as it comes That's it. Yeah, we're planning so. a couple of different things that we're going to do. Um, just some fun stuff around you know, video content, some stuff around the brand line all sorts of different stuff so we might start looking at mid-year well reviews and stuff, and stuff. I think we'll start looking at that definitely who we think is going to be AA we want to do that in the next couple yeah, of weeks yeah we can look at that yeah definitely who's going to, who we think the who our final predictors are and all that well I think what we'll do is the, the preview episode we'll, which we'll record tomorrow in this instance we'll probably do something at the back end of that I think as well given we've got yeah. a bit of time so. well because the next two weeks there are it's only quieter. six yeah there's yeah. only six games each round so we've got a bit more time to talk about that type of stuff so. to do other stuff yeah. so, obviously so let us know um, throughout the week if you um, want us what, to what you want us to talk about yeah exactly so if you've got stuff that you want to chat about 
Just let us know. Exactly. Thanks. Awesome, guys. Have a great week. Enjoy. And hopefully I'm over my cold soon and don't sound like trash. (laughs) See you later. See ya.